Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. Today we're going to be chatting to Amma G. She's the Head of Culture and Wellbeing at Mental Health First Aid England. We're going to be finding out what mental health first aid is and how it can help us with self-isolation and remote working. Listeners, you might have noticed that we sound a little bit different and obviously we're chatting about different things because a pandemic is happening. The world is strange at the moment. Yeah, it's really weird and scary and um, part of that is we're all working from home now. So Yvette and I are not next to each other as usual. So if we sound a bit different, that's why we're all recording from our own homes and self-isolating as advised. Mm, Usually when we do the podcast, we basically meet. So that's myself and Ellen and then either Juliet or Sam all together in a room with our lovely guests all sitting together and we'll have a chat and then take a photo. But at the moment, yeah, I'm at home front of my laptop Ellen's there in front of her laptop Jules is there in front of her laptop and our guest (laughs) is there in front of the laptop so there's like four things that could go wrong and it's all a little bit stressful and it's important we're doing a lot of mini episodes this week about coronavirus in general because I think it it would be weird for us to pretend that it's not happening (laughs) Mm, it's such a weird time exactly for anybody like whether you have a long-term mental health issue or not I think there's you know must be more stress around working from home, just general kind of anxiety around the situation that we're living in at the moment. Um, Yeah, so I kind of think that chatting about this stuff is more important than ever, really. Yeah, so we're going to start with uh, talking about working from home with Amma. 
What is mental health first aid? So mental health first aid is the equivalent to physical first aid. What's really great about it is that the training that we provide participants is we're providing them with skills, the confidence in recognising or to recognising the signs and symptoms of common mental health issues and effectively guide a person towards the right support, be it that self-help or professional services. But the key two things out of that is just raising awareness around just the common issues that might arise and symptoms, but more so effectively, the key thing is to signpost people to the relevant help. And what kind of things can it help with? It can help with different things. I mean, we the training sort of covers different spectrums of mental health, whether it's stress, um, anxiety, to an extent depression too. It covers a quite a wide variety of the spectrum, but initially it's very much around those main things. So a lot of mental health first aid, I feel like, applies in the workplace. And now with coronavirus, so many of us are working from home. How can mental health first aiders continue to do what they're supposed to do when they're now remote? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question. Actually, quite a good question itself. I think predominantly the training is definitely workplace focused but we're now going online and we're being quite virtual in in our approach of how we do things so organizations will still have to connect with their colleagues Um, but also what's great about the training is whilst it is very much predominantly workplace focused you know you, you can apply it to friends and family too so to answer your question I think the key thing around our mental first aid is that they are definitely not therapists or psychiatrists but they can offer initial support through non-judgmental listening or guidance so the key thing is is for them to be able to connect people online so virtually whether it's you know offering their services virtually to their colleagues um, and sign and their colleagues are being aware that even though they're still working from home they can contact them via the phone or via the laptops or whatever medium they're using to connect virtually with each other that's a great opportunity to still be able to contact and actually help make a difference. And again, the same could happen in terms of family and friends. You know, we probably, some of us are living at home because of the current situation with either housemates or family or friends, etc. So again, the same could be applied there. But I think the key thing is that as much as we're reaching out to our network of first aid, mental health first aiders, that they make sure that they too are looking after themselves and getting the, the support that they need to enable them to, you know, to help others. What are the kind of issues that are going to arise now that everyone is self-isolating, working from home, you know, worrying about a very serious pandemic as well? What kind of issues are going to arise from that? I think there's quite a few different issues that could arise for that. I mean, you know, we were having yeah. a conversation before we started around just getting your head around working from home. And last week we launched new guidance um, alongside our, you know, our recent campaign, My Whole Self, And the guidance actually looks at how we can support our mental health and well-being whilst working from home. So one of the things that could displace people is, okay, well, what do I do now that I'm at home? Because everybody is very used to getting up and leaving the building and leaving the houses and going to a building to work. So I think some of the things will be just like thinking about how they can get into regular routines and how they set their day to enable them to achieve what they need to do. So a lot of things will be around just how to Think about using your days productively um, whilst working from home. And also, I think there's a lot of things around still keeping up the, you know, your mental and physical well-being. So again, most of us will either go to a gym, go to a swimming pool or whatever physical activity we will have during the day or at work, after work, then that that's all at a halt now. So again, thinking about 
really quick, easy exercises that can be done in the home. And actually, to some extent, that you don't need equipment to do. So if you have got equipment at home, that's great. If you don't, you know, you can still think about there's lots of things that are online now that are offering free 20 minute, 30 minute, an hour sessions, depending on what you want to do. So my advice would be for people that actually are feeling a bit overwhelmed with the whole issue of well, what do I do now that I'm not working, I'm not going to work, is to establish a daily routine. Wake up the same way you would wake up every time. You know, set your goals for the day. In between them, take breaks, you know, where you're either going for walks or you're just taking time out to talk to family that are around your friends, you know, and connect with your employees the normal way you would virtually. I think what's also interesting about you know, the other problems that might arise when you kind of are working from home is suddenly if you're working virtually, your diary gets bombarded with so many meetings because, again, you're not having to either go to a meeting or, you know, physically be in a meeting room. And I think for that, what I would advise people to do is space out their time. So to ensure they're not they're not in continuous back to back meetings and also they have, you know, social meetings included in there where they can have coffee, virtual coffee catch ups, have lunch with colleagues virtually you know so I think it's definitely comes down to the routine piece and just making sure that your routine consists of you actually having something active whether it's going for a jog in the morning before you start your day or at lunchtime or having a walk in the afternoon just to break it up and not constantly being in front of the laptop. You mentioned exercises in there as well do you mean things like meditation or affirmations Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah so I, I so mental health and physical health I think are combined um if you are mentally healthy, you can be physically healthy and vice versa. So for me, I think from a mental perspective, mental health perspective, it's very much around your mindfulness. It's very much around meditation. It's very much around yoga sessions, but also to get your, you know, your blood pumping and just being a bit more physically active. You could do sit-ups, you could do jumping jacks, you know, you could do um, different things. So I think it's around a, a good balance between um, exercising the mind, but also exercising the body. What suggestions do you have for people suffering particularly stress and anxiety at present? Because I'm sure there's quite a lot of that around generally. Yes, and I think for the stress and anxiety, again, you know, if you've got a health, mental health uh, first aider, do reach out to them to to speak to people to help them, you know, suggest where you can go to signpost to get help. We actually have quite a few resources on our website, mental health um, and uh, on our mental health first aid um, website. And they've got some brilliant resort. We've got some brilliant resources on there that help around just addressing stress, for example, and some self-care tips about managing stress, for example, learning a new skill, being, as I mentioned, being more physically active, sharing how you're feeling as opposed to probably um, having too much caffeine or sugar or or alcohol or, you know, bottling up your feelings or feeling overworked. Um, So I think, you know, those kind of suggestions and again, having the time and the space just to take some time out and just reflect would be really helpful because I do agree there probably is a lot of anxiety but also a lot of people feeling very overwhelmed Um, so being able to speak to somebody about how you feel connecting in and and keeping in touch with colleagues virtually also helps because you don't feel alone as well and so I always recommend and definitely highly recommend people still connect and actually go out their way to connect with each other um, and take some time and space to 
speak to each other and take some time out to pepper in those moments of reflection, um, you know, and just meditation again comes to mind. Are there some other practical tips you can recommend that we all um, try to stay mentally well at present? Yes, I think definitely. So I think for me um, and just to recommend and to recommend things that people can do, but I think definitely staying up to stay mentally at present, mentally healthy at present, is just thinking about and just taking each day as it comes. I think if people take the longevity and think about where we are and we don't know when we will come, you know, we will go back to being able to go back to work and things like that. So rather than think about the long term, just think about today. What can I get through today that will make me feel like I've accomplished something and just take each day as it comes? Um, I definitely recommend, again, as part of some of the guidance recommendations that we've got um, on our website is, again, thinking about how you connect with individuals. Um, So, you know, having the social part as well as the working element of it, too. So, again, if you are a fitness person that really loves actually is active in sport, again, I think thinking about how you can integrate that into your day the beginning whatever works best for you integrate it into your day and if you are house sharing if you are staying with family again how can you get them involved in some of the activities that you're doing whether it's just a walk around the block you know a, a moment in your garden with the coffee um so i do recommend people to have a balance and not always stare at your screen so again when you're sorting out your day look at where you can put in gaps for yourself to also reflect on the meetings you're going to be happening having but also thinking about the times where you just don't have to always be as i said buzzed and thinking about i need to do this i need to do this so it's for me the recommendations are definitely around those simple things around where can you get some space for yourself just have a moment to breathe where can you get the space or the time to connect with others virtually whether definitely colleagues family or friends and where can you have the time to get some physical activity in and it could be the smallest amount of things as instead of the biggest sort of things that you would normally do so anything that you can get five minutes here 10 minutes there 15 minutes or 30 minutes try and pepper that out through your day and try doing something different so it's not feeling the same in terms of the exercises or the things that you do that disconnect you from, you know, the virtual piece. Try to do something different every day. So is there anything that first aiders or managers can do to help employees feel like, okay, there's something I can do to look after my own health? Because I think it's difficult for people to reach out at the best of times. But right now, when we're physically distant, it can be even harder. Yeah. And I think more so for managers than um mental health first aiders because I think yes they definitely play a role but I think leadership plays a bigger role than this so managers should be constantly checking on their teams anyway and individuals anyway so whereas before they would probably have done it less because you see each other in the office anyway so you can go up and talk to them I think there's more of a concerted effort that they need to do now so outside of just having your regular team meetings at the beginning of the week it's in, it, one-to-one sessions are crucial and actually more important now that you can't physically be in the same space together so from a manager perspective and also a leadership perspective visibility is key um, and they should be checking in more far more frequently than they would normally with the team as a whole so to get them together um, and check where everybody is at, how everyone's feeling, but also individually in the one-to-one sessions. Um, and actually, it doesn't have to necessarily be so formal as well. So you'll have your formal meetings, but I think the key thing that managers or any type of leader really should be saying is that if ever you need, I'm always here for you. My door is always open. Just either ping me on whatever I am, I am app, app they've got, 
or make that conscious effort to pick up the phone and call individuals in between. In terms of the mental health first aiders, it's exactly the same thing. I think the cases of, again, letting people know that they're there. Um, so whatever social channels that they've got within their sort of work environment. So, you know, most of us will either be on Teams, we'll have Slack, will have workplace for Facebook, all those other channels is ensuring that they have that visibility and presence on there. So the employees know that they are still there and can actually reach out to them. And how can we deal with like the knowledge that this is stressful for people? Like this is a really difficult time. Uh, what kind of adjustments do we need to make in general to know like, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting muddled here because it's, it's such a strange situation that we haven't been in before is there anything that we need to know more generally yeah you know I think because we haven't experienced the situation before it's there is a whole lot of ambiguity and that causes nervousness mm -hmm. and I think the thing is is coming back to just taking it a day at a time um, and obviously there's a lot of things happening in the news so my take on this and what I actually would I actually tend to do is only listen to the news minimally once a day mm -hmm. so obviously there's the press briefings that come through every afternoon or during the day that we get the press off briefings back from the government but then there's also then there's the follow-up on the news thereafter so you've got you know your continuous news channels and my advice to people probably would be to switch up a bit so yes we do need to know what's happening um but also just don't keep listening to the news every day on a daily basis every hour I would break up and just have some, again, different things that stimulate your mind. Um, because we don't know what's happening, it's hard to then kind of prep for the future. So you prep for the now. Um, and again, it, it comes back to, again, re how you connect with other people virtually, um, what you do every day with yourself, your family and your friends, you know, and then just trying to switch things up daily and just keeping abreast of what's going on. Because I think if you, if you think, if you overthink things, it doesn't help the situation. Um, and also I think whatever the advice of the government is giving at the moment for us to try and follow to make sure that we have this contained so that we can actually get back to as normal of a life as possible. So for me, my advice and actually what we advise on mental health first aid in terms of the resources that are on our, on our website and in terms of the My Whole Self campaign and in terms of the guidance that we are offering around working from home and how to manage that, that all contains advice around what you can be doing differently to just change your mindset and just to take it a day at a time, a step at a time and just introduce different new things in your day-to-day -day activity and day-to-day -day connections that will enable you just to be a bit more less anxious. This is mostly like a question for myself, but I imagine other people might relate, is we were talking a bit about how when you're working from home, it's more difficult to divide between this is work, this is home. How do you make sure that you are actually stopping work at a reasonable time and not feeling constantly turned on? Great question. And I think for most people, if this is uh, not as the new normal, you can easily just start and stick at your laptop and not do anything all day. And I think there's a thing around accountability and discipline. So it's how you could probably get your work colleagues to help you all switch off at the same time or prompt you if, you know, you feel like you're working late. It's also the thing around establishing um, barriers, but also boundaries, I guess. So with the case of, OK, if you've got your day and you're starting at nine and you normally would finish around 530, whatever that time is, is ensuring that your to do list 
sticks to the boundaries that you've got. And any new work that probably you'll probably get during the day, which is normal, because even if you were working in the office, you'd probably get new things coming your way, is to have a conversation of how important and how urgent they are. Um, and then prioritize that way, because otherwise what you find yourself doing is putting too much on your list and not being able to sign off. And also a good thing is, again, if you normally, for example, would go to the gym or stop to pick up the kids or whatever it is, I would still envisage living that as part of your day to day. But other than you stepping out of a building to go somewhere, you'd be clocking off. So if you're lucky enough to work with colleagues, I mean, with family or with friends at home, then, you know, hold each other responsible and accountable to be finishing at the certain times that you would normally finish. You know, also be quite disciplined in yourself to be really strict and rigid in terms of what you need to achieve for the day. You know, get those breaks in between. If you are, you know, I think for me, one of the things I used to do was I would have my gym sessions at the end of the day. So that would help me clock off and not have to do more work. So, again, if you put something at the end of the day that will help you sign off quicker or will encourage you to sign off quicker, then do that. But if you are not able to do that in terms of the self-discipline, then, you know, have your colleagues look out for each other, you know, and say, okay, today, this is what time I'm going to finish. So if you still see me online, holler at me and say, well, what are you doing? We should be logging off now. Little things like that. And I think as time goes by, the more and more comfortable you start getting with your set routines and your daily routines, you should be able to then clock off a little bit more easier. But I also think that for those that feel that they cannot say no to, to the overload or no to the work that keeps coming in, is to just have a conversation with your line manager to say, look, this is really what I've set out for my day today. If you want me to do X, Y, Z, then what can I park for now to do? So again, it's coming back to the priorities of, okay, well, what is actually essential versus what can actually wait? And then that way you can then, you know, stagger your work for the week and be able to, again, still have that moment where you can clock up at a decent time. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the advice I would give to people is the key things around the established routine, have the conversations if work does become a bit of a burden or things are being given to you too much. Speak to your line manager, speak to the mental health first aiders, speak to colleagues if you need to, um, and just ask for help when you need it. Could you tell us a bit more about the My Whole Self campaign that you mentioned earlier? Sure. So we launched uh, My Whole Self on the 18th of March. It's an annual campaign and um, it connects and it looks more around how we can have a broader goal to create healthier workplaces that bring together diversity, inclusion and health and well-being. It's very much about workplace culture and changing the workplace culture in the sense of ensuring that you know, inclusion and work and health and well-being are seen as one instead of two separate things. Um, and then by that way, thinking about how you can, the current culture, how authentic your culture, your workplace culture is and what you need to change. Um, so the broader goal of that is very much looking at mental health and well-being and inclusion. But if we bring it into today in terms of what's happening, it still stands true. So if you're thinking about the thing around how we still connect and even more so now you need to have that deeper connection because you're not physically in the office then you need to start thinking a bit different about how you include people in conversations virtually how you connect with people in conversations virtually and how you think about their mental health and well-being to enable them to feel that they are productive whilst they're working from home but also not alone and connect with people to talk to people it also seems to be about kind of acknowledging how you feel is that right and sort of being honest about the feelings you're going through because I think we're all going through like a big roller coaster of emotions at the moment 
Yeah, and I think with I think when you when you, whenever you talk about mental health and well being, and also when you feel it when you talk about feeling included, it's about how you feel. It's about whatever it is you're going through, being able to voice that, being able to feel that you're being listened to, being able to feel that you're being valued, um, and that you you know what you're what you're doing is a contribution to a bigger thing. So it's very much about trying to be honest with your feelings, be able to be, but also to be able to articulate that and talk through to your feelings with someone. Else. I think the final question is going to be, uh, are there any kind of exercises or principles from mental health first aid that you could talk us through that maybe people could try at home if they are feeling stressed out at the moment? Yes, uh, well, that's a good question. So I mentioned that we online, we have, um, and actually probably be really good for people to go to our website to look at this because we have a plethora of resources. But one of the campaigns that we have on there is about addressing your stress. And it's got a variety of different things that from a short film clip about how one of our mental health campaigners handles his stress. We also, in our mental health first aid training, talk about the stress container. And we have a short clip about that, which explains how to keep the tap open so you stop flowing with, to stop your stress overflowing so if you take the if you kind of try and imagine a container if you pile it up with so many things and there isn't a release for it what happens is that it just overflows and it gets a bit too hard to manage um, so the stress container kind of element shows you how you can you know keep that manageable so that the stress actually flows nicely or better and we also have lots of tips around self-care to address your stress things that you should be doing and things that you should not be doing um, I think things like um, thinking about the five ways to well-being where you you know you need to connect be active um, take um, take stock and take notice those type of things are really good so I encourage people to definitely look at our website our resources are a great support in terms of just little things you can do for yourself and little things you can do to help others maintain whether it's managing their stress or whether it's working from home and how to connect with people with the stress container as well I've always found that if you just write it out or even like literally draw a container and like fill it with everything that's worrying you it makes a massive difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think anything that you can take, because a lot of the stuff, if we just keep it within us or in our heads, mm. we don't actually realize there's a, there's a lot more you can do when you kind of just write things down or say them out loud. Um, because then you start thinking about, okay, well, actually, is this really something that I can um, change or manage? So if there's things, for example, and that's a great idea to write things down, even and it doesn't have to necessarily be a stress container. It could just be you writing everything that you are feeling anxious about or is, you know, you're not so, you know, yeah, you're feeling anxious about or not too sure about writing that down and just actually looking at that list and thinking, OK, well, how can I tackle this it actually helps? Because when you see what's on that paper, some of the things actually aren't really necessary in a way if that makes sense but also having that list down and then speaking to someone about it whether it's a good friend a good colleague again just to say well this is how I'm feeling this is the stuff I'm writing down this is what I've written down they can help you go through the process of thinking about okay well 
are there ways what 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 is actually in your control versus what isn't in your control and i think that's quite key to try and think about too because sometimes the things that we worry the most about aren't in our control but if we try and change our mindset to things that we can control it makes things a lot more easier to be able to digest and be able to actually do and deliver um so i i think that starts the starting point is to get it all on paper or get it into a piece where it's place where it's visible and then be able to tackle that list or tackle whatever you've written down by sharing those thoughts and feelings with either a loved one, a mental health first aider, a colleague, your your manager, whoever you feel very comfortable and at ease to talking to, to talk through it. Uh, and then actually, once you've talked through it, having an action plan of how you're going to deal with it thereafter, it makes it. And if you kind of pull it into bite sized chunks you're able to deal with that a lot better than being overwhelmed by thinking about everything at once. So one thing that Emma was talking about was the stress container exercise. So I thought that we would just guide you through it because Yvette, you haven't actually, you haven't done this one before, have you? No, you mentioned it and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, but I don't actually know what it is or how to do it. And you're a trained mental health first aider, aren't you, Ellen? Um, I am indeed. Um, so so I, about it. <laughs> I actually call it the stress bucket. So I don't know why I've got a different terminology for it. But essentially, you imagine, or for me, I personally like to actually draw it out. So get a piece of paper and a pen, and you draw literally a bucket or a container, whatever you prefer. I think and bucket is good. I like a bucket. Yeah, a bucket is good because people can sort of picture a bucket. Container's a bit vague. I yeah, it it's like stress teacup or something, but that's maybe exactly because with container as well, I picture like uh, Tupperware kind of thing. It's it's basically the thing you need to picture or draw is a container that can have a tap. So it could also be a keg or a water dispenser, anything that has a tap in it. But right. once you've drawn it or pictured it inside the bucket or container, you want to write down every single thing that's worrying you, causing you stress, that's on your mind. And it can really help to write it all down just to explain like, this is what's in my mind and I need to get it all out. And I'm sure that right now everyone has a ton of worries and concerns about coronavirus and getting food and working from home and everything else that's going on. So you write it all down. And then the tap is basically you want to empty out the container because if it overflows, that's when you will have essentially like a meltdown or a breakdown because you can't, everyone has their own size container. You can't let it overflow. So the way that you release things is with a tap and that tap can be any of your personal coping methods. So it might be just talking about it it might be exercise, it might be breathing exercises, it might be meditation, anything like that. But you have to make sure that you have a tap and you can work out what your personal taps are. That's the thing, because I was thinking the tap was over the bucket. No. <laughs> so it's like, well, you could also imagine it's like a hole in the bucket, I guess. But they say tap. <laughs> so it's just you, you're sticking something in that bucket that will let the water or the contents come out of it but you need to work out what that tap is and you should have you know the more the better whatever it is that you know makes you feel good it can help you relax make you feel slightly less stressed I know for a lot of people right now that's baking (laughs) oh yeah I was going to ask you what kind of things are working for you then yeah so for me I think it is talking about what's going on uh getting outside briefly 
while I'm doing social distancing, I have literally like had a couple of times where I've just gone and sat on the doorstep for a bit and just felt the fresh air just to feel like, okay, I'm not actually trapped because <laughs> it feels very claustrophobic sometimes. That really helps. Um, I haven't actually baked anything yet, but I've been seeing so many people doing like distractor baking. Mm. I feel like kneading is... things would be yeah. quite helpful right now. Like kneading bread. If you can get rid of, if you can get hold of any um, bread um, yeast at the moment. Which, oh, you know, apparently not. Enough. Apparently, all the newbie bread makers have been buying all the yast. Mm. We've really pastry, pissed off though. the you actual bread bakers. Pastry is all good. You could make good fresh good. pasta because oh, pasta yeah. sold out everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. I've also got one of my friends is doing a lot of like watercolor painting, which seems super relaxing. Mm. But yeah, it's just about finding what works for you and making sure that you're not taking on more things in your stress container that you can handle and actually drawing that out and working out what your taps or your stress releases can be, Mm. can be really helpful just to actually work it all out and have it written down. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from If you've been affected by any of the things we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or you can find their website at samaritans.org. You can also come and chat to us online. We're at Mentally YRS on Twitter or Mentally Yours on Facebook. Thanks so much to our guest and to Juliet Nichols for producing and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.